0: Blog
1: Talk Radio.
0: Good morning out there in Blog Talk Radio land. I just want to let you know, first of all, I'd like to kick off the show by thanking our loyal listeners. 14 years, you guys, who've been with us. So thank you, and our audience it is growing even after being on the air 14 years. But for those of you, this is your first time tuning in to Off the Shelf Books Talk Radio. I just want to let you know that you are listening. To the winning book radio show Off the shelf Welcome to this Saturday, September the 14th And thank you for joining us We have an awesome author And artist on deck for you But before we introduce her I want to This is something I started several months ago I want to leave this thought with you And this thought for this morning show Is from Helen Keller And the thought is Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement Nothing can be done without hope and confidence, so that's something to think about as you go through your day. I also want to ask you a question. How good of a mystery sleuth are you? Are you one of those people, you read a book, whether it's John Grisham or Mary Higgins Clark was another one, Walter Mosley, and you can figure out who did just what. Before it's revealed Or you're one of those people You watch a movie And you know Whether it's an Agatha Christie film Or whatever Whoever wrote it You can figure out Just what happened It might even be a real life story You know just what happened You can put all the little dots together Before it's revealed Are you one of those people And you love mysteries for that reason And then do you value relationships Relationships between a parent and a child, siblings, friends, and a soulmate relationship. If you like mystery and you value relationships, there's a soulmate relationship between Raymond and Brenda, and then there's a complicated father-son relationship because Raymond's father, who raises him alone, he has untreated alcoholism and he is mean. But there's also this friendship. He meets four friends in college, and this bond lasts a lifetime. But one of them, or maybe two, could be involved in this murder mystery. If you value you like mystery relationships, I encourage you to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me right now. You can get it in ebook or in print form. If you like mystery value relationships, and you like romance as well, I encourage you to get a copy of Love for Over Me by Denise Turney today. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. I'm excited. 14 years, every guest I learn something from. Every guest drops a pearl. Every guest. And so I encourage you, even as you listen to today's show, you can go back, share with others, and listen to other shows in the archives. Every guest leaves a pearl. Now, our special off-the-shelf guest this morning is Sherry Fishbach, and I hope I'm saying her last name right, and if not, I hope she corrects me. Sherry is a wife, mother, writer, editor, and voice-over artist. Her works have been published in Journal News, Jewish Reporter, Psychology Tomorrow Magazine, and the New York Times Network of Newspapers. She has a Bachelor of History degree from Sunny Bing, Binghamton and a Master's in English Education from Brooklyn College. In addition to writing, Sherry has worked as an actress. Books that Sherry has written include No Reservations, Guarding Hearts, Love Lines, and Dex. Sherry has also written on screenplays. Titles of the plays that she has worked on include The Plain Truth and The Snow Orchid. Please visit Miss Sherry Fishbach online at, and this is, I'm going to, if she has a, a more direct website, I'm going to ask her to give us the URL. But the one I have is screen, S C R E E N L U V R 2, the number 2, dot W I X dot com forward slash Sherry, S-H-E-R-I. And her name is spelled, if you Google her, S-H-E-R-I, S-I-S-H-B-A-C-H. We
1: are delighted
0: to have Sherry with us this morning. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Sherry.
1: Good morning, Denise. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning.
0: And so before we kick off, the first two questions I ask every guest, When I first started Off the Shelf, we started at Rainbow Soul 14 years ago, I used to just go right into the questions, and listeners said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you ask a few questions so we can get to know the guests before you go into their books and other works they're doing? So the first few questions I ask you, I ask every guest who comes on Off the Shelf. But before I go there, is that the correct website URL for our listeners if they want to go over and check out your website, or is there another URL where they can find you?
1: Uh, that is my website, um, but people can certainly connect with me on Facebook. Um I have actually a couple of names. <laughs> so, um I uh Dex was written under Sherry Lynn Fishback and that is with Persnickety Press, uh, under Wondermill Books. Um, but Love Lines I am actually Sherry Langer and that's Red Adept Publishing. Um, at two different publishers and two different markets, and therefore two different names. So, uh, but you can find me on Twitter as Sherry Lynn Fishback, and uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I have a page for Sherry Langer, I have a page for Sherry Lynn Fishback, and I have a private page for Sherry Lynn Fishback. So there's there's all kinds of ways of getting in touch with me. Okay. I, so just remember that name, you guys. Sherry Fishback. S H E
0: R I, F first name. Last name, F-I-S-H-B-A-C-H. So to kick it off, Miss Sherry, could you please tell off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up?
1: I grew up in, uh, well, I was born in the Bronx, uh, New York. Um, I was there for about eight years, and then I moved to a suburb in Rockland County, which was about 40 minutes away from there. Um, When I was a very young child, I was uh, modern Orthodox Jewish. Um, It was very, very interesting because I went to uh, what's called the yeshiva, and that was like a a private kind of school uh, where you learned – Two different curriculums it was Hebrew and then English Um, and I did that until we moved to the suburbs and then I started public school so that was a a whole different world for me Um, when I was a a kid my my folks split up and uh, they subsequently remarried other people who had been married before and they had kids from previous marriages and then they each had a daughter together so I have lots of siblings in a variety of ways And um, I I, I had an interesting upbringing, for sure. It was very colorful with all kinds of people, because let me tell you, when you come from that kind of household, you get introduced to so much family, (laughs) and they become part of your heart and part of your life. And so I was uh, very, very lucky to have had two adoring fathers, uh, both of whom I called Dad. Uh, and I valued the, each relationship individually. Uh, for for and the, and they were each wonderful people to me, and taught me a lot. Um, I have many grandparents also because of that. And um, it, it was really an interesting kind of experience. But I, I didn't have any sibling live with me until my little my my little sister was born when I was 11, and so uh, you know, she became kind of like mine. <laughs> and uh I valued being able to be a kind of second mommy to her in a way. I felt like that was my 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 job my responsibility
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, was very, it
1: was no go. Ahead uh no it was just it was it was a very interesting kind of of, of life you know it was uh i visited my dad on uh on sundays and then the rest of the week you know, it was it, so it was it was living in in two different kind of uh experiences and, and visiting one one life living another life i uh, i uh it was it was the kind of situation that i didn't really want to Repeat, but I did for my kids too because I'm divorced also. So, Uh-oh. you know, you know, a lot of
0: you, and I appreciate you sharing that, Sherry, because a lot of people that is their their life right now. And you mm-hmm. you hear kids, you know, I'm with my mom and she's very different from my dad, and then I'm, I have to go spend time with my dad, and it's it's like. The rules are different, and the personalities are different. So I appreciate you sharing that because you show that it, you can do it and still go on to live uh, a rewarding adult life, even though that may be challenging. Making that constant, that constant shift. But you grew up in New York City, and I got to tell you, I did. And I wonder how many of our off-the-shelf listeners as well romanticize New York City. I find people romanticize certain places like Paris, London, New York. Um, it's some, it just There's certain cities that Los Angeles, you think if I just Get there, if I can just get to LA, if I can just get to New York <laughs> uh, And this is where you Grew up, so with all the arts And, and it's just, New York is A city unlike any other city to me But with all the arts and everything going On in New York City What did you dream of becoming Seeing all that's going Around you, what did you dream of Becoming when you were a kid Oh, well, when I
1: was really little um I just loved movies and so uh really, from the time that I was a toddler i i loved I loved movies um and I loved television and i I thought of myself as an actress when I was much younger. Um, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to do, at least that's what I thought. But I also really, really enjoyed writing from the time that I was very young. And I started writing poetry and different pieces when I was about 10. And uh, I found that both were really important to me. And so I, I did study both at different times, and I took different classes to to honor both both passions. Uh, but ultimately, I, I find that for me, it's more rewarding to write because then I have the opportunity to put my words into everybody's mouth. <laughs> so that makes me happy. <laughs> I get to tell, I get to speak for every single character involved in a situation, and uh, that gives me the kind of power and control that I think that I I, I like to have at least in one aspect of of my life. So, uh, ah, so
0: act movies, and then now you're behind the on the other end of the of the camera. Now you also have a history and an education, English education degree. Had you at one point planned on becoming a teacher? I.
1: I thought so uh when I was younger i uh I thought when I first went to grad school that I would do that I really just i wanted to be a mom so badly I wanted a big family because I was uh, a a lonely kids. Like I said, even though I had all this great family and all these siblings, my little sister wasn't born until I was 11. So uh, I I wanted a big family. I have four children. And uh, that was really primary. But but the writing was always there. I always did some form of freelance writing from the time I was an an adult onward. Um, But uh, the teaching was something that I did. I did do some teaching for a little while, but uh, I just found that it was more meant to be for me to be a writer, which I believe is a calling more than anything else. Now you,
0: as I said earlier, you're the center, you're center of a lot of art hubs in New York City. I mean, you're talking theater, uh, pain, painting, how many book publishing firms, are in New York City, just even going through Central Park, you can just—it's it's just there's the arts are everywhere. Play, people playing music, so you're you're center of a lot of arts hubs. Has living in New York City did it help you at your acting and writing careers? Does living in the Big Apple does it make it easier, Sherry, to land theater and book deals?
1: No, <laughs> I don't think so. I think. Uh... I honestly think it's your passion that leads your way. That's that. That's really, your passion is what lights your path. That's the, the only thing that I can really trust in. Uh, when you have a fire in your belly and it's something that you really want and you pursue it, I don't think it makes a difference where you are. Um, and maybe you have. Easier access from a logistic vantage point, where you don't have to travel as as much as somebody else, like in you know Nebraska. So your train trip is a little bit shorter uh, if you want certain things. But it's it, it's just like anything else. You're still um, you're still one of many who want the same kinds of things. You just have to offer something that's a little bit different your way and have people catch on.
0: Mm, and
1: that's work. That
0: is consistent never ending work. Sherry, what tell us what type of work did you do as a voiceover actress? Did you work on commercials? What type of work did you do? Did you ever do like voice over for animation or any movies or T V shows?
1: Um no, I really just did commercials. It was uh local commercials and uh I I did a couple of books, uh audio books, but uh Mostly, it was just commercial work, and uh, my acting was kind of limited, also to some regional theater uh, locally and things like of that nature. Uh, the, the the writing was more of of my focus of concentration. Okay. Now that said, can you give off-the-shelf listeners
0: an overview of Love Lines?
1: Ah. Well, um, Love Lines is a story that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I actually started writing it so many years ago. <laughs> um, it it was the kind of, uh, I was kind of inspired to write it because I wanted my own happily ever after. And I, I was just so enamored by all these romantic comedies that made my heart sing. And I, when my kids would go with their dad uh, for a weekend, a lot of times I'd go rent my 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 video and I'd get my chinese takeout and I would sit there and I'd say like oh man I want to write one of these uh, I I want I want to write something that I want to see all the time because it will keep my heart happy and make me feel hopeful that love is out there no matter what uh, because I think after a relationship ends um it's very very difficult sometimes to not feel Somehow jaded or guarded, and uh, I, I I think it's really important to always keep in mind that there is tomorrow, that there is somebody out there who's for you if if you want that person. I, I really do believe that there's a lid for every pot, and you just have to be willing to to stay open to all these possibilities. That are around you. So, Love Lines was essentially born out of the need to believe in fairy tales coming true and happily ever after. And so, uh, it is a story of a divorced woman with a 10 year old daughter who has a little bit of a physical issue that she has to contend with that keeps her a little bit different from other kids her age. Um, and. Fordham is the kind of heroine that has to navigate through a lot of obstacles to maintain balance and to pursue what she ultimately wants. And so she's a, a, a hardworking mom. Her mom ends up living with her uh, due to circumstances beyond anybody's control. And she has her daughter. Uh, her ex-husband is away and uh, isn't really involved in the central story, um, and. She pursues an active working life and an acting and an active dating life, and 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 both bring her both uh, pleasure and pain. <laughs> so uh, it, it's an interesting kind of story of how she navigates between all of it. The, the other thing that's interesting about Love Lines is that there is a book within a book because she works for a publishing company. She is in charge of this title called Flowers from the Heart and uh, Flowers from the Heart is a little bit like chicken soup for the soul it's, it's that kind of inspirational book that offers different stories from different people about their experiences and she's working on a book about love online and uh, what's interesting also about it is that she she shares some of those stories that she gets, these submissions that come to her. And so we get a peek into the lives of other people and, and their stories of love. And and that's one of the things that I really I love. I, I love asking the question, how did you find the love of your life? How did you find your partner? And I I'll, I'll, that's a dinner party question, a cocktail party question that I ask every time I go. Anywhere, because it's, a, it's the same kind of little kid story about. Give me that fairy tale. Give me that Cinderella. Give me that moment. You know, tell me about your Cinderella story. And I, I find it fascinating because you you do you find out all kinds of different ways that people meet each other and how they fall in love. And and there's nothing more beautiful or wonderful than a story about love. I have one that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: good! You know and that's awesome. Good for you. And and I'm listening to you. And there's a show that comes on TV that I watch sometimes. And these couples often meet online, although they don't always. And it's you 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 start off just like with the fairy tale, but if there has to be some meat there, or it's not going to, it'll turn. It's not going to to last, and you have to be willing to work. But that's interesting, love lines, and when you brought up the the people who. Right right in to Fordham Price With these stories of how They met in their online relationship Now it's encouraging Sherry to know that editors Talking about love lines and what Fordham does and her job in the book It's encouraging to know that editors Really really do read Story submissions because You think sometimes They're just clunking it uh, Into the rejection pile and sending you uh, A form letter but how many Submissions is Fordham reading every day, as an editor on her job in the book Love Lines?
1: I I don't I I can't give you an exact number, but I think she she gets she gets a lot of them. Um, she reads through them. Not all of them work for her. Some of them don't give her enough meat. Some of them she. Finds a little too risque or what she's looking for. Some it, it, it's a it's a variety, but she she gets a decent amount of submissions uh, that she reads, and she prefers paper, so she's doing a lot of printing, uh, <laughs> which is kind of different. Uh, I know it's not a today thing, but um, we're, we're we're not talking about a, a kid. We're talking about somebody who's you know more of a, a middle aged kind of woman, um, so. She, but she, she does, I would say she probably uh, gets it at least somewhere between 50 to 100 submissions a day because everybody wants to see their name or to see their story, to see something of themselves in a book. And so with what? the promise of that as a possibility, uh, that's something that is attractive to most people. So when they see that, the, oh, here, I could, I could be in a book. They will share their story in hopes that that will happen, um, and we'll, be the, we'll see. I mean, I, I I still have in my head the possibility of making flowers from the heart of real series. So we'll see. Ah, okay. How old is
0: she, and what is she like? Does she? Uh, uh, I know she's divorced. Does she? How? If she has children, how old are her children? Is she like a? Would you say she's? Um, she's. Like very open, or is she more rigid or conservative in her her thinking or style? Well, if you had to describe Fordham, if you were introducing her to somebody, how would you describe her?
1: That's a really really interesting question. I like that question. Um, she's in her early to mid forties, and there, there's a zone. <laughs> um, I, she has a ten year old daughter, and um, she isn't really as conservative as she might come across. I think to some degree she feels that she needs to present a certain way. Uh, I I think that she wants to be more in touch with another side of herself that, that may not be something that's as acceptable outside of her life. Uh, and so i i I think she fights a little bit with herself and 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 maybe even with others to kind of present a little bit more of uh her inner animal <laughs> mm. now, how shocked is Fordham when she
0: stumbles across a story that you kind of alluded to earlier, but how shocked is she she's re- she's getting fifty to a hundred maybe submissions a day that she's reading through. How shocked is she when she stumbles across a story that makes her want to know more about the man who wrote the story? This is a new one you don't think of as a writer that an editor would, hmm, I want to know more about the author. What was it that really made this particular story
1: stick out? Uh, I think it, it's that the hopefulness in her heart uh to want to have the kind of love that it seemed to her this man was able to experience. Um, A lot of times uh, when, especially in the dating world, we tend to to meet a lot of people who are unwilling to share of themselves emotionally because whatever experiences they've had. Um, And a lot of times when people are hurt, they don't tend to wear their heart on their sleeves. They're a little bit more reticent to, to share uh, their emotional inner life with somebody else. They have to feel extremely comfortable before they're willing to do that. Uh, but in this particular case, because this man was sharing, something so incredibly personal to him and and, and his experience and he didn't have to do it at a table over dinner and a glass of wine because it's not a date it's just i can share i can be open about my life and my experience in this moment and so his his truth is so palpable and it's there and she can feel it I don't think it was the words. I think she actually felt the energy of his love reach her, and that's why she was so drawn to it.
0: Wow. After reading all those stories, that's interesting, that that, that one, and she felt that energy. Is it, before we go into talking about Dex, is Love Lines, is it set in New York City? Uh, where Where is this book uh, uh, set in, and how do you give readers an uh, up close look as an author? How do you give readers an up close look
1: of the city that Love Lines takes place in? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question because um, my mentor uh, was the late, great Beverly Swirling. Um, she is a historical fiction novelist. And uh, when I first began writing, uh, I, I mostly wanted to write movies. So I write screenplays first and then use the screenplay as the foundation, almost like an outline. And and I write the novel from the screenplay. At least that's what I've done to date. Um, but I didn't really know much about novel writing. And um, I, I I had the good fortune to meet Beverly. And she gave me a master class in novel writing. And one of the things that she taught me was, uh, it's a term called verisimilitude. And verisimilitude basically is is having the veracity, the, the, the truth of where you are. And um, in order to do that, you kind of have to have some experience of it. Now, with the way the technology is today, you can have Google Maps and you can find a place and you can find everything around a place, so it it, it makes that job easier, but if you have the option and the possibility of actually going to certain places and putting yourself there, then you can actually feel the moment and it and it has it 's far more impacting when you can experience that that truth organically and uh, so in the interest of doing that, uh, this story is set in New York. Um, some of it is in the city. Some of it is in the suburbs, right around where I live. I don't know how that happened, but it just did. Um, I magically found her here. and uh, But I did do, uh, my husband and I went into the city, and we found locations uh, that we thought worked. I said, oh, this is Fordham's office building. It's right here. And I uh, I found where she got her coffee, and I found where her parking lot was, and uh, it was. Uh, I, I found, I found the hotel where her long lost boyfriend was staying, and I found the racetrack where her father had been. And it was an interesting experience to put our, We put ourselves in the moment to really make it real and i i think that that's an effective way to convey surroundings so i did do wow. that wow i got to tell you Sherry, that's a first
0: i've <laughs> heard of you know people doing historical novels which are very popular uh we've had guests on our show's done those and they're very popular um uh, but they research 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 cuz they said readers will know they they're like oh they didn't have those types of napkins back then or they'll little things like that so they they will do their research but to literally go to a city and know oh that's where so and so parks her car or that that one is a first you really really felt your characters before we move in we got I got two more questions before we start discussing decks. can you introduce off the shelf listeners to a few we we've you've introduced us to Fordham. Can you introduce us to a few of the other page turning characters
1: who readers can't get enough of in Love Lines? Okay, well, um, another character is Dory. That's Fordham's mom. Um, she had her when she was very young, and she is uh, attractive, highly opinionated, a little judgmental, a little overbearing, a little pushy, but really has a <laughs> tremendous heart. She has a tremendous, tremendous heart, and she really does want the best for her family. Family's paramount, and so she, uh, in her own inimitable fashion, and uh, kind of maybe being a little too directive, but at the same time, uh, she's she's really in there to be helpful more than anything else. Um, and at the same time, she also would like to find love again and. If you read the book, you'll find out what happens about that. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> the other character that is also a, a key a key figure is Witty. That is Fordham's 10-year-old daughter. She is one of the snarkiest, cutest little girls. So precocious, so bright. Uh, really gives her mom a run for the money with her mouth. And um, but, but she's really spirited, and she tells it like it is. Uh, which is something that is kind of a trait of the Price family women. Um, so it's an interesting thing to see each generation of these females um, because they're all kind of they all kind of mirror each other in a lot of ways. They're different, but they're similar, and I think you kind of see the thread of genetics <laughs> in in that line. Uh, we also have uh, her ex. A boyfriend who comes back, her high school love, and um, his name is Aaron, and he presents her with an interesting challenge about rewriting past history um, and maybe changing the direction of their relationship, where it had been and where it should be, at least where he thinks it should be. And then there's David. Um, he is Witty's principal of the school that she's in, and um, he's kind of interested in Fordham, and she's kind of interested in him, but they have a, a little bit of trouble trying to navigate this relationship that they have with one another. They're not really quite sure where it should go. Um, and uh, then she has her boss, Abe, and he's like a, a father figure uh, that she really needs and is looking for. So, so he provides an interesting sounding board for her and also support. So they're they're a very delicious cast of humans for me. <laughs> I,
0: it,
1: you know, and you describe them well. You
0: know, when, when when guests come on and start talking more about their books and their characters, it's hard not to go out and buy every single book. I, I tell you, especially when the author really is in tune with the characters and can describe them well to where you're like, I want to get to know more about these people. Now, what have readers been saying about
1: Love Lines? What type of feedback have they been giving you about the book? Well, I was very, very excited. Um, Melanie Mayron, who's a wonderful, wonderful actress uh, director, uh, she had high praise for the book. Uh, she she loved it. Uh, it. It was really great speaking with her, going back and forth, and she uh, she was very supportive and, and, and offered me a, a lovely endorsement. Uh, Sherman Yellen, she's also a wonderful playwright. He won awards. Um, also very, very supportive. Uh, I've gotten feedback from um, there was uh, the former vice president of finance for MTV, who's now with uh, Beyonce's uh, production crew. He loves it. Uh, I've been getting all kinds of really, really incredible feedback from a lot of places. Um, I also really enjoy the fact that men, even though this is quote-unquote chick women's fiction – men are really really loving the book. They are finding it interesting to hear the female perspective and they also kind of like to understand what how women view men and and in their relationships with women. So it's kind it's kind it gives them a kind of a, a little feedback background on how to deal with them in relationships um i do have a a, a four-star rating on amazon and so i i guess you know in many reviews i think i'm up to about 70 something like that now oh my goodness yeah we've only been out since february so you know i'm I'm hoping to get more i'm hoping all the people that are listening in will buy the book and will offer their review and um i'm there to inspire it's 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 hope and love and it will make you feel so good that's the thing it's true i mean uh, every time i read it <laughs> it makes me smile <laughs> okay you know that's good and that's great feedback and
0: you're getting it from a lot of different areas and 70 reviews the readers are definitely engaged to leave that that many readers to leave reviews so also awesome my congratulations to you on that success book came, just came out in February and it's doing well. Now we want to talk about Mr. Dex. So who is Dex? Could you introduce <laughs> us to
1: Dex? Uh, Dex is a 12-year-old business savvy chef. Uh, he is in middle school, so he's in that Time and it's uh, a crazy place to be because God, everything is changing on kids. You know, it's so difficult. But uh, he's thriving anyway because he is following his passion. Even though he's young, he feels so confident about his skills, which have been with him since he was a toddler, uh, which were reinforced by his his grandfather and his grandmother and his parents and so he feels really good about what he can offer in that regard. So even though he has a lot of the same kind of insecurities and the same kind of angst as all tweens do, he does know that he has something that's a little bit different and a little bit special and he wants to continue to pursue that and he does. So he has his own little business where he makes gourmet lunches, and he is able to sell them before school, and uh, he's becoming really savvy about how to how to run a business.
0: Now, you said his, well, who in his family introduced him to cooking? The, the, how did he absolutely, it's a talent he has, but how did he fall in love with cooking? Most people wouldn't think, oh, a 12-year-old boy, although many chefs are men, but who who introduced him to the art of cooking uh
1: his grandfather um his grandfather poppy um, he owned a restaurant, poppy's kitchen, and uh he was the one who taught Dex how to cook and Dex was very happy to be by his side and learn everything that his grandfather had to offer him about his knowledge of food, um how to run a restaurant, and also how to cook. So uh he had that experience and when his grandfather passed away his grandmother continued to try to keep the restaurant going. But there's an issue with that. But you have to read the book uh, uh, to uh, oh, find t- t-
0: and tell us tell us, Sherry, uh where is where is the book set?
1: Um, it, it, it's also in the metropolitan area. It's a, it's a New New York, New Jersey area is where the setting is. Um, it, when they say write about what you know, uh, I, I believe that's a good idea, unless you're making up another world, you know, in space or something like that. Uh, writing about what you know keeps you honest and keeps you grounded because uh, you know how to be true to that. Particular area, locale. You understand it. It's it's organic to you. So uh, I kept it home. I so kept it home. Can you
0: describe the the family restaurant? Is this an elegant? When I think of New York City, is this like a more? Uh, not like a deli, but a little bit on that on that line where you know, you come in and there may be like eight or ten tables and people come mm-hmm. and it's like a community neighborhood where you come and get some local home cooked food or is it more of an elegant upscale restaurant? What what is the restaurant like where deck's grandfather started? It's
1: uh it's it, it's called Poppy's Kitchen and it sounds informal but it's kind of middle. It's 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 middle ground. It's not quite a pizza place, but it's not upscale. It's really a, a, a family neighborhood, a very solid neighborhood family restaurant um, where there are a bunch of different tables and um, and good solid food. Nothing that's too crazy, but also very very interesting. Uh, the cuisine is eclectic because their family is. Um, they're Jewish-Italian, and so both cultures are represented in their food. And I think that that's something that is relatable to, to everybody because we all kind of have our backgrounds, and it's, it's always interesting to hear what people eat, the recipes were important to everybody growing up, what their grandmother made, what their great-grandmother made. Everybody has a different recipe for chicken soup. Everybody has a different recipe for Italian gravy. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, they're all different kinds of foods that are represented culturally. So I think that that's also something that's uh, important. Um, you know, Dex considers himself a pizza bagel. And so uh, he wants to represent that honestly. Now, what is his ultimate
0: goal? What is Dex's ultimate goal? And why is he working so hard to woo Miss Alicia?
1: Well, no, Alicia is his sister. He wants to woo Sarah. Sarah Sarah, is the girl. Okay. It's okay. Sarah Sarah is the girl of his dreams. And... um, The thing about Dex is that he feels really gawky and awkward. He's really, really thin. Um, He's tiny. And Sarah, she seems to really love jocks. She is so attracted to these guys who are taller and bigger who seem to be able to work the field. Um, Dex wants to be one of them because we always want what we aren't. (laughs) <laughs> you know, as the kids when they see something, and it's like, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. I, you know, I want to get that. I want to have that. And so, even though here he is with this incredible skill, he's not focused on that as much as he's focused on what he doesn't have and what he and what he wants. So there's always this aspiration, you know, and so he is trying very hard to get the money to buy a gym system that will help him bulk up so that he can compete ah. with all the other tutors. <laughs> okay, so he and yeah.
0: his and his cooking is that is the path there.
1: I yeah. He has a skill. Well, I really find that. Well, kids and food. When I was when I was looking to uh, because again this started as a screenplay. I was working with uh, another person who was a, a, a line producer assistant, and she was kind of guiding me a bit uh, about what studios were looking for, and she was talking about oh. Family movies are big, blah blah, kid centric, and I started to think about, okay, what would go with kids? <laughs> and I had that. Did you see Working Girl? That movie, Working Girl, with Melanie Griffith, years ago. Uh, I may have. I may have. I don't recall really though. Well, well, somebody asked her in an elevator how she got an idea, and she was just standing there going, like, oh, I put this together with this. She had two different newspaper articles, and she was inspired by reading both to put them together. And I kind of had that moment on my own because I was like, kids, food. <laughs> it's like ah. it's like a natural fit to me that kids and food would go together. Um and I kind of conceived of this idea way before all of these shows that are now on the air Because uh, mm. I was uh, dex has been tossing around in my in in my world for over ten years wow. and so uh we even had a, a meeting at food chop, Network chop chop the junior he'd have been on chop to Junior on the food network <laughs> oh, oh oh, he would have won chop junior oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Dex. He was really that
1: good
0: of a cook. Oh, uh, no, yeah, <laughs> Oh, wow. He had no problem in that kitchen. Now, what age group is Dex written for? He himself is twelve. So, but what age group is the book written for? The it, 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 the
1: uh, the stats on it are like eight to thirteen. However, I must tell you because every demographic is represented in the book. Um, his grandmother is front and center. She has a very, very strong story. Um, his sister is like 19, and her boyfriend is like 20. So that, that demographic is represented, and then the kids are, are represented. So even though it's written for uh, eight, 8 to 13, it's really uh, for everybody. I've been getting such great feedback from adults, so it's uh it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, I really believe that it's possible that uh, Dex was the inspiration behind Chop Jr. Um, because oh. we did meet. We did meet with Food Network prior, way prior to that show. <laughs> and we had a meeting with them. And I, but they were really into, uh, at the time, they were just into, it's a reality-based show. They weren't into scripted. So we kind of... Went on our very way. <laughs> Interesting.
0: Now, I love Dex's book cover. How did you find the illustrator for the cover of Dex?
1: Arlen Schumer. He is an amazing graphic artist, and, and he's a, a close personal friend, and he's uh, incredibly gifted. Um, and we just kind of honored our relationship, and we kind of went back and forth and discussed what we both saw. And uh, we came up with with that, I and mean, he came up with uh, most of it, and I kind of gave him an idea of what I felt decks looked like. So and I've yeah. seen
0: in researching for today's show, Sherry, I've seen where you've gone, uh, uh, um, if I'm remembering correctly, to schools, and you do some cooking. So when you're like marketing decks, do you actually go in and do some cooking as you're sharing the story? Uh, As part of your marketing, is that something that you do? Because if so, that seems like a very
1: fun way to get out and spread the word about a book. Uh, It would be, but (laughs) there are are kind of too many issues with cooking at the different locations that I go to. Uh, Usually when I go to schools and I do presentations at schools, I'm either in a library or a classroom, so it doesn't really... Lend itself to that kind of uh, experience. Uh, so for now, I just kind of go in and we have a conversation, and we do a presentation, and kids ask questions, and it's it's a lot of fun. I love going to the schools and talking to. They're, they're always so cute. Um, so
0: now you've also, you've also written screenplays, The Plain Truth and The Snow Orchid. What what are the biggest differences, Sherry, for you between writing a novel and writing a screenplay? Uh,
1: uh, writing a screenplay is all about dialogue, um, and it it's it's very very dialogue centric for me. So uh, it's easier for me to envision how people are speaking about a situation uh, and how they're dealing with their circumstances. Uh, for me, it's easier to, to deal with the conversation that they're having about it. They express themselves in that, in that way. I, I find that more compelling. Um, then I can also envision the action and I see what they're going to do about the circumstances that they're in what action will take them to different places. Stephen King wrote an excellent book on writing. I'm not a, a, a mystery horror person, so my favorite Stephen King book is on writing. <laughs> and uh, It's masterful. It's masterful uh, because it's always like, what's next? What's next? Um, and and so I find that that, that, that is what I do. I, I, I envision a set of circumstances. I see see what happens, and then what happens next, and I see how different characters are reacting to that set of circumstances, and what they do, and what they say, uh, that's what comes to me first, so then, after I have all of that, once that's a screenplay, then I go back to the novel, In writing the novel, I embellish on okay, now I can talk about what's going on in their head while they're doing it. Now I can talk about where they are when they're doing this. I can talk about the situation that they're in more broadly. And so for me, I, I kind of fill it out in the novel. It, it, it's definitely backwards. Uh, most most writers don't do that. <laughs> most writers don't write the way that I do. Uh, but I just... Find that it, it works better for me. I, I one project that I I've just finished uh, writing a TV movie, um, and I'm hoping that we are going to be out um, Christmas around Christmas 2020. At least that's the hope. Um, and, and and that was the first time that I kind of wrote it a little bit differently because I wrote a very very extensive treatment, which is. Uh, a real, real thorough explanation of every scene throughout the entire course of the movie. Uh, And I had never done that really before to that extent uh, prior, but I was working with somebody who is magnificent. I I have the benefit of working with the most amazing, talented editors. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of editing. Writing is rewriting and rewriting and rewriting. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise because it's just not true. You never have a masterpiece with the first thing that you have on a page. It really takes other ob- uh, eyes and e- that are much more objective than yours can be. And they help craft whatever it is you have to say in a way that you can't. And so the benefit of a good editor, it, there's there's nothing better. Uh, and I've had the benefit of amazing editors, so I'm, I'm really lucky for that.
0: Uh, to our off-the-shelf listeners, we are speaking with Sherry Fishbach, and some of the books she's written. We've talked about love lines and decks, and going to going to venture into more of her stories later. But if you want to find more about her online, you can Google her, and I'll spell her name again: it's S H E R I. First name, last name, Fishbach. F-I-S-H-B-A-C-H. She's a former actress, and she, she's she got a, a movie she's working on, hoping to have out in December of 2020, which she just talked about. And we're coming down to less than 10 minutes in today's, into today's show. If you came in midstream, after the show finishes archi- uh, streaming, you can listen to it in its entirety in the archives and share it with uh, other people, whether they're interested in books or movies or just story or entertainment. As a whole, so but before as we come uh, down to the last eight minutes in the show, Sherry, I wanted to ask you. Now you've done so many different things. You're working on a movie now. You've done acting. You've screenplays. You've done a book. You've done voiceover. You majored in English education and history. Just so many paths that you have tried on your journey so far. So kudos to you for trying so many different things. But you've also worked on an audio book, Guarding Hearts. Can you tell our off-the-shelf listeners, especially for those who might be interested in either doing voiceover or an audio book, can you tell us what the process
1: of creating an audio book is like? Uh, well, for me, the process is fairly easy because my husband is an incredible audiobook narrator and sound engineer and so we have a booth in our house. <laughs> ah. Okay. And oh. I don't have I have I have magic in my downstairs, so it's very different. I can't tell you what the process would really be for somebody else venturing into that world without the benefit that that I have. Uh, but he is a really, really incredibly gifted artist on his own, Brad Langer, and um, his books, he's done a ton of uh, books for Amazon, and he's—I he's got like 50, 60, 70 titles out there, um, and uh, I, I did one of them with him, or two of them, the two I did, I did with him, and so I just work in the booth, and he makes me sound amazing, so... <laughs> I I I I can't I can't tell you what it would be like if I had to do it on my own. And when I was doing the commercial work, that was I, I was working with a company, and so I just uh, happened to be able to speak with somebody who liked my sound, and next thing we were doing commercials. So, uh, yeah, I was in- <laughs> Would
0: you recommend to any listeners who were thinking about getting into? Acting that is is the voiceover is that a is that one of the I want to say easier or better ways to get entrance into that into the acting field or no?
1: Um, I don't know if you get into the acting field more with doing voiceover work. I think that it, it may be a little bit easier to 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 get. And with some companies, there are a lot that advertise. You can send them a clip, and then they see if they like your sound. I I, I think that it's all challenging, to be honest. any When you're in the arts, it, being in the arts is a challenge. It's a commitment. It's, it's not easy. It's not a road that I suggest anyone take unless they're really, really willing to uh, risk their sleep <laughs> because your nights are <laughs> taken up with all kinds of agenda. Uh, you know, you're, you, you, there are so many different things to worry about when you're an artist. But um, you know, mm. it, 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 it's 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 an interesting path, but it's it's not for the faint-hearted. Uh, but you do with with one thing that I do really love about uh, audio books in general. I got to play a 23-year-old southern rock star. So you know, it okay. Was, it was beautiful it was a beautiful time i loved it <laughs> okay that you also can you tell
0: us very uh, briefly as we we only have a few minutes left but about your editing services what type of clients do you work with as an editor
1: um i've, I've just done a variety of different kinds of, of, of jobs when it comes to that i um uh, most recently, I've been, I, I wrote for an academic content company where I was just writing short stories for uh, educational testing. Um, you know, sometimes I'll just get pieces from different people who are looking for services for any of their kind of, of of writing needs um i've been doing more writing than editing these these years <laughs> so uh that's that's more of my 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 passion it's, it's what i'm that i'm what i'm best at i did work uh, for the new york times for several years as um it, for one of their services, Learning Network, and I, I did a bulk of my editing. That that was my time for doing my 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 editing. Most of it. But occasionally, though, things come up and I'm interested. Uh, I will for somebody who's who's writing a piece and they need help. I I, I can. Be of service, but I, I've just been doing so much of my own writing lately that it's it's been difficult to divide my time. So I I haven't really been as connected with the editing. Plus, I I just think um I've worked with so many editors that I think are far superior to me. <laughs> I'm more of the writer, and I, I okay. say like, wow, the editors. God bless them. We could say really loud. Uh, are yeah, doing. You know what? And
0: that is a, that is a skill. Can you share three to four steps that you've taken, Sherry, that you found to be effective at getting the word out about your books?
1: Um hmm I I I again I, I have an amazing husband so I handle a lot of those duties to him and he handles uh, a lot of the PR that we do um I, I think that he he's, he uses different book reviews like services to some degree we also try to reach out to communities we go gone to uh libraries and we speak to schools um we've done uh, some book tours with Dex. We, uh, my publisher, had us go to a variety of conventions, and so we were there for conferences and book conferences, and uh, I've done speaking engagements. Uh, he's he's kind of booked me to do that. If you can do book tours, great. Um, we just haven't really had the time or opportunity, um, but uh, I, I think that that's the majority of the stuff that you can do. It's all about readership, and it's about contacting wonderful people like you who are doing amazing oh, jobs. <laughs> And thank I do. I, I, I have to thank you, Denise. You are a, a magnificent interviewer. I I love uh, you. You are so wonderful at what you do. You're very homey. You're very uh, you're just spot on with how you direct and navigate through this conversation. So thank you so, so much. I think that you're oh, great. Well,
0: and thank you. Now, where can off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your book, Sherry? Oh,
1: it's on every online book book source there is. Um, there's, it's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, uh, I think Walmart. I, 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 every, every every bookseller, every online bookseller, both books. Um, it's Sherry Lynn Fishback for Dex, and it's Sherry Langer for Love Lines. Um, for now, <laughs> more to come. <laughs> more to come. <laughs> And and we we will
0: be excited uh next December when we see that movie coming out and I can say and everybody can say, Oh, we heard her on off the shelf mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to that. We have come to the end of today's show. You guys we've had the pleasure, the absolute delight, and connecting with Miss Sherry Fishbach, S H E R I, F I S H B A C H and She's online at Screen Lover Two and I will give you spell out the URL for her website, S. C. R. E E N L U V R 2, the number 2, dot W I X site, S I T E dot com forward slash Sherry, S H E R I, but you can Google her, Sherry Fishbach, and she will come up. So we want to thank Sherry, the author of Decks and Love Lines, and more to come from her, for being here with us. She worked on an audio book, Guarding Hearts, and she's done. Many other works, but we want to thank her for being here with us this morning. And thank you, each of our loyal listeners. Remember, set your calendar, Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City time, to catch off-the-shelf Books Talk Radio. And please tell others when the show finishes streaming, Share the link so others can hear, miss, and be introduced to Miss Sherry and Go out and support Sherry and her books. Remember, you are awesome. You are incredible. You are absolutely amazing. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. Sherry, I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now.